So I'm back in Sydney and it feels great. I'm back in the big smoke. And uh, one of the great things about being in uh, Australia is that it's perfectly acceptable for a 55 year old man to walk around without his shirt on. Perfectly socially acceptable. So I was just down at the beach, just went to Clovelly, went to see Bluey. Do you know who Bluey is? Bluey's the groper. So I was down there at Clovelly, saw Bluey. As I was coming out of the water, this, this bloke said to me, Oh, have you seen Bluey? And then, oh, yeah, 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 he's out there. Got to see Bluey and just walked, walked to the beach, just totally topless. And it's socially acceptable, 55-year-old blokes. It's, it's a-okay for you to walk to the beach, uh, you know, walk around town, totally topless. A-okay. So I saw two Aussies almost collide into each other. And I think this is this you know shows the difference between a high trust society and a low trust society. So these two Aussies almost collided with each other. As I, I you know, one was walking this way, the other was turning around the corner. So the first Aussie said, "Oh, whoops, sorry about that." And the second Aussie said, "That's all right." And that's how those sort of interactions go in Australia, by and large. So I've been in Australia for seven weeks now. I haven't heard an angry word. I haven't seen, like, a nasty confrontation. I mean, Aussies love their punch-ups, so you, you go to the right pub, you know, you can get into a punch-up. But by and large, like, the, the leading Aussie sayings, they kind of reflect Aussie character. So that's all right. I, I've heard that saying over and over and over again because I've been rocking up to homes over the past seven weeks and, like, staying there overnight. And it's like... Oh, you know, sorry to be an inconvenience and to be a bother. And, and the typical Aussie response you get is, that's all right. So that's a really common Aussie response. Like someone gets inconvenienced, you do something wrong, you, you step on someone's toes, you forget something. Like, that's all right. Really common Aussie response. Then another common Aussie response that she'll be right, mate. No worries, mate. Fair dinkum. Radio. Radio. That means right. Got it. Right. It's all about homeostasis, right? Australia is a great place for homeostasis because everything is like kind of restoring you to homeostasis. Now, what homeostasis means, a, a solid state, right? It's a, homeostasis is a self-regulating process by which biological systems maintain stability while adjusting to changing external conditions, right? It's a central organizing tenet of physiology. So homeostasis, like, that's where we want to be. We don't want to be depending upon like having sex with our spouse to you know, even us out. We don't want to depend upon our spouse to you know, buck us up with lots of praise and affirmation. We don't want to have to you know, depend upon our big sister you know, for common sense and how to navigate reality. Right? You don't want to you know, depend upon your boss's praise so that you feel A-OK. Right? We don't want to be unnecessarily dependent upon others. There's like a proper level of dependence, but we don't want to be, we don't want, we don't want to be knocked off our equilibrium. And it just seems like Aussie life is all about restoring homeostasis. She'll be right, mate. No worries, mate. No worries, mate. Right? Uh, Radio. All right. Fair dinkum. So I was just been watching this uh, Australian TV series called The Tourist. It's about some Aussie, no, about some Irishman who gets into a car crash in outback Australia and suffers complete amnesia, just completely forgets who he is. He forgets his 
his name just forgets everything, Ferdenka. And, and uh, part of the plot, there are these two Italian mafia guys who come to wipe him out. And they get picked up by an Aussie tax, taxi rider, taxi driver. And the taxi driver is like, fair dinkum Aussie, like, oh, she'll be right, mate, no worries, mate, right, yo. And these uptight, tense, you know, Italian hitmen, they don't, they don't really cotton well to this Aussie attitude. She'll be right, mate, no worries, mate, fair dinkum, right, yo. That's all right. So it's kind of fun to, to watch this Aussie TV show and then see these, you know, caricatures of, of uh, other nations uh, coming coming to Australia to carry out this hit. Oh. So, uh, just came from about three and a half weeks in Tanham Sands, and I got my first check from the Tanham Garden Centre for my hard work, which I put here on, on YouTube, so you could, you could see how hard I was working. Like, some days I'd be shifting like three tons of cement. All right, so I got my first check, like money in the bank. I've got my Australian Medicare card, so I can go out there and get all the health care I want, basically for free. And go out and get hundreds of dollars worth of blood tests. Right? No cost to me. I got my Australian tax ID number, so I'm working here legally. All right? Totally on the books, legal. All right? Fair dinkum. I got my Australian passport. All right? I, I'm all ready to rock it as an Aussie. So I got... So, Tenant Sands had basically no recorded COVID cases, as far as I'm aware until like this week. Now there are like dozens of cases in, in Tenham Sands. So uh, Queensland had locked off the border. So states led the responses to COVID in Australia. So the state of Queensland basically blocked off the border, basically made it Im virtually impossible to travel into Queensland. And so as a result, when I got here, there'd be like five cases, new cases of COVID a day in Queensland. Well, today, there's something like 11,000, 12,000 new cases of COVID, overwhelmingly Omicron, in Queensland. So you can see why, why uh, you know, the various states would, would you know, lock everyone out. So West Australia still got everyone locked out until February, and so they're only reporting like two, three, four, five new cases a day. But South Australia is reporting about 5,000 new cases a day, Victoria about... 15,000 New South Wales, close to 40,000 new cases of uh, Omicron uh, COVID a day. Uh, not that many hospitalizations, not that many people dying. But, uh, but uh, Tenham Sands, man, went from basically zero cases of COVID to this week, dozens of cases. Like people are lining up at the doctor's office to get their booster shots. So the time it takes till you're recommended to get your booster shot has dropped from like six to five to... to I think it's about four months now. So what are some of the other top uh, Australian sayings? Wrap your laughing gear around that. Dog's breakfast. Tell him he's dreaming. So in America, when you go see someone, you call first. But in Australia, if it's a mate, you just show up. And your mate will greet, grant you, you, know, greet you with a stubby, right? a beer, 4X or a Foster's Lager. Or depending on the time of the day or the season, like a in a hot cupper of tea or coffee, maybe some bickies. All right, you just rock up to your mate's house. All right, Australian slang, 33 phrases to help you talk like an Aussie. Fair go, mate. Fair suck of the sauce bottle. Fair crack of the whip. Okay, this was made famous by the ill-fated former Prime Minister, Kevin Rudd. He speaks Chinese, really smart guy, not such a great politician. He enjoyed using Australian slang to speak to the electorate and pleaded for a fair suck. 
So do you, do you feel like you need a fair suck? That means you want to be treated fairly. So fair suck was coined by struggling Aussie families who shared droppings of tomato sauce to flavor their meat. Such was the hard life that all they wanted was an equitable suck. In the fields, they needed a fair crack of the whip. Fair go, mate. Right. No worries, mate. She'll be right. Right. This reflects a national stoicism that everything will turn out fine in the end. So that being the case, there's no reason to worry about anything. Have a Captain Cook. That means to have a look. It's a brief inspection. So I was at various places in, on the eastern seaboard of Australia where Captain Cook was back in 1770 when he was like one of the first Europeans to, to navigate Australia and to name places in Australia. So Captain Cook was the first Brit to map eastern Australia. Captain James Cook, he skippered the HMB Endeavour. And after landing at Botany Bay, he sailed on past Sydney Harbour. He had a Captain Cook, a look, and he liked it. Okay, what's the John Dory? So John Dory is a fish found in the Sydney Harbour. It's great grilled with lemon and pepper. Also, it rhymes with story. So when people want to know what's going on, they're requesting the goss, the gossip. They ask, what, what a John Dory, what the John Dory is. Okay, 29. A few stubbies short of a six-pack, a few sandwiches short of a picnic. All right, so a six-pack... In American terms, means anyone with fit abdomens. But it used to be, you know, in Australian speak, six-pack means beers. So if someone's a bit slow, you know, if someone's feeling under the weather, all right, they're feeling a few stubby short of a six-pack. They're not the full quid, all right? For those who don't speak about money or alcohol, they'll say a few sandwiches short of a picnic. Tell him he's dreaming. So this was given airtime in the movie The Castle. That's when you advise someone involved in business transaction to tell their counterpart that he's dreaming. You're suggesting that the other side's not offering a fair deal. Dog's breakfast, right? It's messy. doesn't refer to food. It uh, is often used by parents to refer to their kids' chaotic lives. No water, just shambles, no thought, just a bit of everything, just a dog's breakfast. Wrap your laughing gear around that. Okay, while some suggest you can laugh on the inside, your main laughing gear is your mouth. So when you wrap your laughing gear around it, that means you're eating it. A rip snorter. Right? Someone playing a good game of sport, having a blinder, right? That's something that's exceptionally good. So a rip snorter or a bonza or a butte. So I've been having a butte time in Aussie. 24. Better than a ham sandwich, better than a kick up the backside. Right? Something that is better than nothing. Even if you were paid peanuts, right? It's better than a kick up the backside. You'd prefer a fair whack. But things are better than a ham sandwich. Buckley's chance. So William Buckley was Australia's very own Robinson Crusoe. He's a man who escaped a convict ship during the first attempt to settle Melbourne in 1803. Three decades later, colonials returned to find a tattooed, two-meter-tall, long-bearded man with half-Aboriginal children who spoke tribal tongue, picked up English within days. So they soon realized it was Buckley. who was given a pardon, and he was used as a peacemaker between whites and blacks. So... In, in L.A., if you accidentally bump into the wrong type of person, like, they, they're looking to start a fight, right? They're, like, perpetually aggrieved groups in, in America, just, you know, always looking for violence to, to start a fight, confrontation, like, always, you know, looking to read every interaction in the worst possible light. So we have a little bit of Black Lives Matter here, but it's about, I don't know, it's about 5% as strong as the movement is in America, so... There's a, you know, a little bit of concern about the popo, the police here, but overall, it's very, very weak. Now, I haven't seen any Black Lives Matter anti-police agitation. Like, 
in Australia, you can walk onto people's property and they don't shoot you. Like, if you're thirsty, you can walk onto someone's property and, like, open up the hose and have a drink. Right? That's perfectly acceptable. Like, we would just transgress over people's property all the time when I was growing up. It's, it's not a big deal. Okay, so Buckley advocated cooperation with the Aboriginals. But after the 1840s decade of slaughtering Aboriginals, right, it was said that uh, he had a Buckley's chance of making peace. So a Buckley's chance means very little chance. So he spent the last part of his life as a poor loner in Tasmania. There was a lobby to give him a government pension, but once again he had Buckley's chance, right? Means no chance at all. Pull the wool over your eyes. Right, this derives from the bush. Right, the history of earning a buck around wool sheds meant people had to give an honest day's work. Right, Australians had to be genuine with each other so they could all get their fair share of the spuds, meaning potatoes. So if someone's being a little sheepy, dishonest, or spinning a yarn, they're trying to pull the wool over your eyes. All right, dog's eye. Okay, so what really goes on inside the Aussie staple, a meat pie? Is it beef? Is it kangaroo? The important thing is that it rhymes. So when you're having a pie, it's looking back at you in a canine kind of way. It's a dog's eye. Could that really be the runny meat feeling? The dog's eye, that's when the, the meat pie is looking back at you. Bastards. Right, that's anyone who doesn't play fair. So remember Breaker Morant when he was getting shot by that English firing squad? He famously shouted his last words, Shoot straight, you bastards. So during the infamous 1932-33 Bodyline Cricket Series, the English captain, Douglas Jardine, so Bodyline meant they pitched the, the cricket ball to hit people. He walked into the Australian dressing room to complain about being called a bastard. An Australian cricketer supposedly asked him, which one of you bastards called this bastard a bastard? So, uh, bastard is not necessarily a negative term in Australia. Everyone's a bastard. Toads, banana benders, cockies, sand gropers, crow eaters. Right, these are favorite Aussie ways to disparage those who live elsewhere. So, tropical Queensland has many more bananas and cane toads than people, so they're branded banana benders or cane toads. Queenslanders get their own back, they call Sydney ciders cockroaches in honour of the omnipresent nuclear immune pest found around Sydney. South Australians eat crow, so Western Australians spend their lives groping sand, so they're sand gropers. And the South, South Australians crow eaters. Ocker or Yabo, that's a loudmouth who's a larrikin, you know, Shane Warne, all right? There's a new documentary, it's going to be on Amazon Prime about the great Australian spin bowler, Shane Warne, the greatest spin bowler of all time, all right? He's a larrikin. He's a yobbo, someone who likes the sound of his own voice, bit of a troublemaker. So a yobbo typically has a deep Australian twang to his accent, in which case he's also got, he's got an ocker. Ocker is a deep Australian accent. Put a sock in it means to shut up. Throw a shrimp on the barbie. Okay, it's a way of inviting someone to your house for lunch, where you throw a shrimp or a sausage on the barbie. Do the Harry. So Harry Holt was the Prime Minister of Australia who disappeared off Victoria's coast in 1967. He went for a swim and he was never found again. So he did the bolt from responsibilities of Prime Ministership. So some say he was abducted by UFOs or by a Chinese submarine. Most likely he was caught in deadly currents. He was washed out to sea. His body was never found. So anyone doing a disappearing act say they're doing a Harold Holt. So when you have to mosey on or get the hell out of here, you do the bolt, aka the Harold Holt, or simply you do the Harry. Six of one, half a dozen of the other. It's not quite you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's not quite 
caught between the devil and the deep blue sea. It's when it's 50-50 odds that whatever decision you make likely will not affect the outcome of the situation. Not pissing on someone when they're on fire. I think Americans know what that means. It means you don't care about somebody. Crikey or blimey are euphemisms to communicate amazement or surprise. Oi for drongos and galas. So chanted three times after Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi. Right? That's our national cry. Normal use its mouth when you disagree with what someone is doing or to convey annoyance or to get someone's attention, such as when someone's being a drongo or a gala. Right? Someone who has rocks in their heads. Oi, oi, oi. That means you don't like what someone's doing. Oi, oi, oi. Blokes and sheilas. Right? So when Julia Gillard was voted in as the country's first female prime minister, it didn't take long for Australia to start calling this prime minister's partner the first bloke. Right? Sheilas are, are women. Bushman's handkerchief. That means using your hands to delicately, delicately drain the snot from your nose. Right? That's a bushman's handkerchief. On your bike, tell your story walking. When you don't want to have anything to do with someone, you tell him to get on your bike, right? which suggests that he leaves. It's kind of the opposite of hold your horses, which requests someone to stay or begs their patience or similar to keep your pants on or don't get your knickers in a knot. When you tell someone to get on your bike, you're telling them to tell their story when they're walking away from you. Lobster, pineapple, gray nurse. Australians don't bother with lobsters and pineapples, but most have had at least one friend ring them up to lend lobster or pineapple. So a $20 note is a sparkling red lobster. The $50 note is bright yellow, so it's pineapple, right? So lobster, 20 bucks. $50 is pineapple. $100 blue-gray is a gray nurse. And the 5 and $10 notes are referred to by Pam Shriver as a fiver, and Aton Senner is a tenner. Smoko, agabo, a bolo, a botlo, and an avo. That's the 10-minute work break after two hours of work. So O is the suffix to any word that it can shorten. So if in doubt, throw an O onto the end of a word and it's about to be Australian, bound to be Australian. So a break when you sm smoke or you don't even have to smoke to take a smoke. I took a lot of smokers at the town of Gunston. Someone who collects garbage is a garbo. A bowling and community club is a bolo. Bottle shop is a bottle o, and the word afternoon is an avo, right? Hope you're having a good avo. Have a go, you mug. That's a favorite call from people who are watching sports from budget seating, right? That's you hear it at cricket when the batsman is blocking the ball too much and not whacking it around the ground, or at football games where the team isn't being inventive enough in trying to score. So it refers to anyone who isn't putting in full effort, taking any risks. Have a go, you mug. Cooey, right? That's a loud Aboriginal cry in the outback that tells people where you are. So if you're not within a cooey of someone, you know where bloody near it, all right? Gone walkabout, right? It's from the natives. They enjoy going walkabout. So Australians enjoy traveling, whether it's backpacking around Asia or following a harvest at home and gone walkabout. One for the road. That's the last drink before going home. And hit the frog and toad. Right? Having a frog in your throat means you've got a sore throat. But hitting the frog and toad is when you hit the road, all right? when you just get out of here. So in Australia, seven weeks, haven't heard a crossword, haven't seen a punch-up, haven't seen any aggro. It's just homeostasis, mate. Just homeostasis. 
I went and saw Bluey this afternoon, the, the blue groiper at the Clavelli Beach. Ah, oh, it was beaut, mate. Absolutely beaut. No worries. I'm going on a walkabout. 